everybody uh, online, hope you're having a great day. And I just want to take uh, this moment to share with you one of the things I learned in my experience. Some of you might have already watched the video called I Went to Heaven. If you haven't, I'd love for you to check it out. Uh, and I've been sharing with our staff, with our leadership, with our team, with our board, with our wonderful church family, just what has come out of that moment. And uh, while I was in heaven, uh, it was amazing the things I experienced. It was nothing new in the sense of nothing like this new revelation or anything like that. Uh, and because every experience you have has to be taken through the lens of the word. Every experience you have has to be taken through the lens of scripture so if someone were to have an experience out of this world and come down and say that all the angels drink pepsi max uh, you can't do that it, it, it's got to line with the word of god and so everything i experienced was in line with scripture but what happened in heaven was it was amplified in expression i understood in, in theory but i experienced it and it's such a unique thing in the sense when i was with jesus i saw the love that he has for me and it was not the kind of love of, uh, uh, I need to love you because I'm Jesus. I need to love you, I guess, because I'm God. Uh, I, see, uh, I see the evil that you carry. I see the good, the bad, the ugly. It, it was not, not in that sense. It was like, because you got to understand, I live with me and I know my weaknesses. I know the good, the bad, the ugly. And, and, and it's not just myself that know it. Two other people know it. The devil knows it and God knows it. Jesus knows it. And when I saw his face and I saw that I was fully accepted. And this is what I want you to understand that if you, when you see Jesus, when you go to heaven, when we go to heaven, when you see his face, you will see that he fully receives you. I've never, I've never had that level of reception ever here on earth. In the sense, I've got lots of good friends. I've got lots of people that love me. I've got a family that loves me. I've got a church that loves me. But to experience the love that I experienced in the eyes of Jesus, was, it, was, it was unbelievable. And so in, 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 this, in this whole encounter that I had, I experienced things that I knew of, but I could not fathom. And I also experienced and heard things that I didn't fully know of. Uh, things, that, things that I fully couldn't understand. I, I know that it's scripture, but I fully couldn't comprehend. And I want to dive into this, this one thought this one message there were multiple things i received in my encounter but i want to dive into one special thought this morning and when i was with jesus one of the things i heard him say was tell my children they're not cursed tell my children they're not cursed and so i'm calling this message you are not cursed and really my prayer is not that you would walk away with information or even revelation, which is all important, but that you would walk away with an impartation. That at the end of this video, you would, you would have this deep conviction, this deep understanding that really whatever we were living under, you were living under, there might be a certain ethos, a certain bias that it would literally be lifted off. That's what my prayer is. So there are many in the church today that, that feel like they're living under a curse. And, 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 and there are different variants of this, of this because some of you are watching this and you're already saying, saying that's not for me uh, because I don't, I don't think uh, I'm living under a curse. So I don't believe that. But actually, we all do. Even I didn't know I was thinking that until I experienced what I experienced uh, in the sense of we all have. Those of us that love Jesus have this thing of I didn't do this. So 
I should have done this or I didn't do my, I didn't do my daily devotions for whatever reason. I, I forgot about doing it or, or I, I slept in or I was fasting and I just smelled a croissant and all of a sudden I ate the croissant and, and the next thing you know, it's like the next day you're like, oh, maybe I'm going to have a bagel or whatever on this fast and now you're feeling guilty. You don't even know if you can talk to God and then you come to church on a Sunday. You haven't prayed now for four days and at the last song, there's this moment where you sense God's presence. You're like, oh, I think now God accepts me. That's what I'm talking about. I want to challenge that because I want you to know God ex accepts you period. He cannot love you anymore. He cannot love you any less. And I knew all of these things in theory, but when I experienced it in its purity, it completely changed me. For some of you, it might be something a bit more deeper. It might be the dark secret, that embarrassing thing that you have never had the opportunity to share with anybody. It's that thing of if anybody knew what my life was like. And we have fear. Some of us have this fear that when we go to heaven, there's going to be this big screen, this big LED screen, megapixeled uh, uh, with, with all our darkest, deepest, dirtiest secrets played. And people are going to look, oh, wow, I don't know you. Can I just say that that is not the case? That is not the case. And I want to set you free from that. I want, I want to speak this morning over you that you have been set free. This is why the Bible says he that the sun sets free is free indeed. And to be fully accepted and to be received by Jesus, let me tell you, it is a special thing. And the challenge for me as I even teach this is I've experienced this. I've downloaded it within me. I'm trying to still understand it. I'm trying to still, if I could use the word, humanize it. And I'm limited um, uh, I'm not the most articulate and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and use scripture to explain this truth. And so I just want your hearts to be open. I want your spirit to be open to receive uh, what this message carries. But really, this whole message, you are not cursed. This statement, this promise, this prophetic word from heaven, the blueprint of this lies in Galatians chapter 3, which we'll read in a moment. And I want to encourage you this week, uh, to take some time to read, maybe today, maybe tomorrow. I've shared this message already in our church, and we've had people reading Galatians 3 over the last couple of days and just letting that sit within their spirit. But check out what it says with the premise of what I just shared. Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. O foolish Galatians, this is Paul speaking to the Galatian church, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. So Paul is painting a picture. He said, when you received Jesus, how did that happen? Did you sign for a course? Did you do this program? Did you do that? Did you just believe by faith. If it's not like you cleaned yourself up, if it's that you came the way you were and God purified you in a moment when you believed in Him, when you received Him. Check out what verse 3 says. How foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the Spirit, why are you now, watch those words, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Wow. 
He's saying, when we started this journey, and all of us can go back to that moment, that defining moment when we received Jesus, we knew we were not worthy to receive him. We knew we were not worthy of his love, but we received that love by faith. But somewhere along the way, when principles and disciplines and all these great things, which is all part of Christian life, came along, we transferred our acceptance of, 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 of Jesus receiving us based on our behavior on that given day. Now, I think behaviors and all those things and character development is all great and all essential, but I think sometimes I think we've reversed it in thinking that it's when our character is at the right place that it needs to be that we are accepted. But today I want you to know that knowing now that I'm accepted gives me and positions me and develops the character in me to be more Christ-like. I hope you're tracking with me. And I want you to know this. Somewhere along the way, we lost focus. Somewhere along the way, we lost track. It became about impressing God. But check out what it says in verse 4. Have you experienced so much for nothing? I feel like I'm having a conversation with somebody. Have we experienced, have you experienced all this thing, all these things? So surely it was not in vain, was it? Verse 5, I ask you again, this is this scripture's preaching itself. I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Did God heal you of that headache because you were a well-behaved person? Did God move and gave you that financial blessing because you won best behavior award? You know, how did, how did we think about those moments in your life when God came through? I, 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 would be, I would not be prophetic, but I could assume by saying that most times when you experience the hand of God, it was when you least expected it. And it's literally because of the grace of God. Of course not. This is what it says in verse 5. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. Man, this is powerful. Paul is saying everything that we have in life, everything that we receive in life is not based on behavior. It's based on belief. It's literally because you believe I'm bad, but God is good. I don't deserve it, but God is, God is gracious. I'm unworthy, but he's worthy of all praise. Literally, that premise sets the tone to live a life that God has called us to live. Verse 6, in the same way, watch this. Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. See, most of us, when we read the scripture, we read it as Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his obedience. It doesn't even say his obedience. It says because of his faith. The real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. It's not people that obey. It's not people that behave a certain way. It's literally the people that put their faith in God. What's more, the scripture looked forward to this time when God would make the Gentiles right in his sight because of their faith. The scripture looked forward to this time. I want to paraphrase that. It's like heaven looked forward to this time. What time? The time we're living in. The greatest time to be alive. Yes, I know there's a lot of crazy things happening around the world, but still it's the greatest time for the church. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, all nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. Now it's interesting. Paul talks about the curse and Paul talks about how we lost track along the way and Paul talks about how things changed. And then he links us with this guy called Abraham. Why Abraham? 
He could have spoken about Moses. He could have spoken about how we could, the children of Moses or the children of David or the children of Joshua. But this particular character, Abraham, that I'll talk about a bit later in this message. But let's talk about Abraham. If you, if you read Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, it says, And God spoke to Abraham and said, Go into the land that I will show you. I'm about to bless you. I'm about to make you a great nation. And that's the promise. But what you got to understand is in Galatians chapter 3, Paul is saying, we have that same promise. The same promise that God gave to Abraham, every single person, not just me, not just the elite pastors, not just the people that pray three hours a day, every single person, God has said, go into the land that I will show you. I'm about to make you a big, a great blessing. I will bless those you bless. You will be a great nation. This is our inheritance. This is our promise. This is when you began your salvation journey in Jesus. This is what got, you got connected to, that specific word. But here's the truth, friend. I find so many believers in the church are paralyzed and cannot even pray properly because they think they're under a curse. Most probably it's due to the presence of some sin. It's due to some regret. Somewhere along the way, you feel like you missed the mark. Somewhere along the way, you didn't take the right turn. You know, it's sort of like, I, I used to journal, I used to pray, I don't do that. And it's great to have these parameters and it's always good, great to be developing our character and our faith and all that. But, but somewhere along the way, we feel like all of us have this little regret, this little conviction, this little, I messed up. And you might even be in a great environment right now, but sometimes you can look back to an old church experience or an old mentor experience, or I never finished that thing, or I never finished that program. And even that little thing can come in the way of you thinking somewhere along the way that there's this, this tiny weeny little bit curse over you, hanging over your shoulder. So you, you are not fully accepted by God. And that's what I want to speak into. Talking about curses, the poster book for curses is the book of Job. I don't know if you know this guy called Job in the Bible, just because before the book of Psalm, but I'll give you a paraphrased version of the life of Job. Job was rich. He was loaded. He had a thriving business. He had influence, owned real estate, had a big family, had kids. And, 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 and what, begin to, what, what we begin to read is one day everything gets taken off. His business goes down, his land gets occupied, his camels, his cattle are lost, and worst of all, his kids die. And then on, to top it off, his body breaks into boils and he begins to develop this disease. When we read it, we read it as a story of someone who was blessed and then got cursed and then eventually praised God at the end of the book of Job, his life is restored, everything comes back, everything comes forth. So he goes from being blessed to being cursed to being blessed. And I meet so many people that say, well, I'm just going through my job season. I'm just going through that little trouble season. And worst case scenario, people say, I'm just a little bit cursed like Job. Can I say to you, if you actually study the book of Job, he was never cursed. Never do you read that Job was cursed in scripture. He was under attack. And there were things that were happening. And yes, there is an enemy that will attack. There is an enemy that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But God allows these things to happen for the revealing of our faith. It's not because we're being punished. It's not because of a crime. It's not because of something that we did. But sometimes 
challenges, trouble, trials, temptations, even a bit of loss, even a bit of depreciation, even a bit of the profit and loss statement not looking that great happens. But it's not because God wants to teach you something or, or, or sort of like, oh, I'm going to punish you because you didn't do this or do that or didn't tithe properly. It's not because of that. It's because of the revealing of our faith. But just like some of us, in the, in the, in the testing that Job was going through, he was convinced that he was a curse. And so if you actually read the book of Job all throughout, he starts cursing everything around him. He starts cursing his kids. He starts cursing his business. He starts cursing. He literally even cursed his mom for giving birth to him. And there's this portion in the Bible where his wife says to him, why don't you just curse God and die? And, and Job would dare not to do that. He will curse everything else except for God, which is so many times what we do. We have the attitude of living under a curse when it comes to our relationships. An attitude of living under a curse when it comes to our business or our jobs, our relationships, our finances, or even ministry. But, oh, I will not say anything about God, but we live like we're living cursed lives. And I need you to understand that, yes, in Scripture, there are conditions, and yes, in Scripture, there are consequences, and yes, in Scripture, there are criteria where things happen, because the reality is, Planet Earth was built on wisdom, which means there are principles and there are consequences. Planet Heaven, if I could use that word, was built on faith. The Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Heaven was built on faith. Earth was built on wisdom. And yes, so when you apply the laws of wisdom, yes, there are blessings that come or there are consequences that come. But what you got to understand is heaven is not moved by wisdom. Heaven is moved by faith. That's why Galatians 3 is so powerful because Paul is not attacking the wisdom or the intellect of the church. He's attacking the belief system of the church. He's attacking the conviction of the church. And that's what I'm doing this morning. What I'm saying is not about the way you're living and maybe the way of living must change to see change in your world. But what I'm trying to tackle is something even deeper is our belief system. And I want to dig a deep, bit deeper for a moment. Because some of you believe you're under a curse, not because you've done anything wrong, but you feel like you've inherited a curse. You feel like you've inherited problems from your parents. We call it, aka, generational curses. I mean, we've had conferences on this. We've had books on this. We've had jumbo bumbo Bible studies on this. I mean, the Bonux, the deluxe pack, you bought the three pack series and then the X generational curse X series. And I'm not making fun of this. And I do believe, I do believe personally that there are generational patterns and there are generational dysfunctions. I do believe that. But the more we give into that, we allow the curses that were never relevant or were never for us to come upon us. But I want to talk about that because there are so many that I meet people that say things like, you know, I'll go as far as saying, oh, pastor, I'm living a good life and following God and we worship God and we put God first in our finances and our faith and everything that we do in our family. But, but God, uh, but, but pastor, what happened was my, my great grandfather was driving by a temple once and, and, and they were doing this, 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 this demonic dust thing and the thing fell on the car as they were driving by and where does your great-grandfather live or where did he live? Or Timbatu, you're living here in Australia. Wow, I think that powder that fell on the car, 
eyes on me now, on my family. We literally, I know this is an exaggerated story, but this is as far as some people think. But here's the thing. You're not the only one that thinks that way. Do you know even Israel thought that way? And that's why I want to attack the way we think, because the way we think is the demonstration of the way we believe. And Israel believed this. And there were times when Israel would just literally go, it's a season of curse. There were sometimes generations for centuries that would go and say, we're cursed. We're cursed because the king is bad. And we're cursed because the prophets are this. And we're cursed because the priests are this way. And they would put themselves under a curse, sometimes for centuries, until God would break into the system and raise up a Gideon or raise up a David or raise up a Samson or someone like that that would constantly come and rescue Israel out of their curse. Well, when God sent His Son, Jesus, He rescued us forever from the curse. But so many times we fall back into it. But I want to share a scripture with you this morning, talking about Israel's curse, curse mindset, poverty mindset, from Ezekiel 18. Check out what it says. Ezekiel 18 verse 1. Then another message came to me from the Lord. Why do you quote this proverb concerning the land of Israel? The parents have eaten sour grapes, but their children's mouths pucker at the taste. Literally what it's saying is the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. That's what it's saying. The parents ate the sour grapes, but the children wake up with us with, 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 the, with the feel of it, with the, with the pucker of it, in, on, their, on their mouth. What does that mean? It's literally saying what the parents did is upon their children. Verse 3, As surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, you will not code this proverb anymore in Israel. I want to scroll down to verse 19, continuing that conversation of Ezekiel 18. It says, What, you ask? Doesn't the child pay for the parents' sin? No. If the child does what is just and right and keeps my decrees, that child, check it out, will surely live. Wow. Wow. I, I just feel like I'm speaking into somebody's situation right now. You felt like your dad this did this and your gra grandmother did that and they didn't do this and they didn't do that. And you feel like your life will never rise up into the fullness of what you believe it to be. I want to break that right now and say, no, you are blessed and all of God's promises are yes and amen. You are not cursed. I want to prophesy that over you. Sometimes people don't raise up things like, oh, Pastor Alvin, what about Exodus 20, Exodus 21, where it says that if you walk in sin, that the curse will come upon you for the third and the fourth generation. Let's talk about that. You know, in that same reference where it says that, it also says, but if you walk in my ways and if you walk in my blessing, your, the blessings will come upon a thousand generations. Which one's greater? Third or fourth generation? Or a thousand generations. So it doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter if you had parents that didn't walk with God or parents that were disobedient or parents that don't know Jesus. But right now you can make a decision. Ask for me and my house. Ask for me and my generation. We're pressing the reset button. I'm and this is why I love that Paul says we're the children of Abraham. In other words, we're like Abraham. Abraham. And I want to talk about Abraham. Because let's ask the question. Where did Abraham come from? See, we just read Genesis 12 like one, one day Abraham was worshiping and he was in church and he was at a conference and God said to him, oh, I'm going to make you a great nation. But what if I say to you, Abraham's dad was a priest, not, not, a, not, a, not, a, 
Elohim priest, not a, not a God-following priest. He was actually an idol-worshipping priest. In fact, he was not just a priest, but he was also an idol-maker. He used to make idols. So he was, he was a spreader. His dad was the spreader of paganistic worship. Isn't this so much the nature of God? That God will go into the darkest alleys, into the wildest places, pick the most, uh, the, the most uh, so-called cursed family and pick that boy, Abraham, and says, I'm putting my hand on you, not just on you, but for the rest of your generation, centuries upon centuries upon centuries, I'm going to make you a great nation. If God could choose Abraham, who was destined to be a big curse, how much more has he chosen you and me? See, God chooses to bless Abraham. He did nothing to gain that kind of favor. He did nothing to gain that kind of blessing. In fact, Abraham made a few mistakes. If you actually look at the life of Abraham, it was not like he did all these great things. Now, he had the thing about Abraham, though, is he had faith. He just had faith. He just believed that God is good. He just believed that God would bless him. He just believed that Isaac would be there. He just believed that he would have many generations to follow him that would walk into the blessings of God. But if you actually notice, he made a few mistakes on the way. Abraham lied. Abraham went to a certain city and said his wife was his sister. Uh, you know, Abraham slept with his, with his maid. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, like if you look at this, he, he didn't have a great track record. But for whatever reason, God was drawn to his belief system. And can I say to you, God is close to those that draw near to him. God is close. And this is why it says, boldly approach the throne of grace. Man, let me tell you, once I went to heaven, every time I pray now, I don't need, like, I would love if I have another opportunity to have the vision and the encounter that I had. Yes, by all means, thank you, Lord, bring it on. But now, let me tell you, church, when I close my eyes and pray, every time I pray, I know I've entered into an eternal space. I know I've in entered into that heavenly realm. And that's why it says in the word, boldly, ent boldly enter the throne with confidence, with assurance. And, you know, talking about Abraham, there's a story in the Bible where angels visit Abraham and, and, and God enters a discussion. And it's such a funny scenario where God's about to do something and God is literally like arguing with the angels, arguing with probably amongst the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, literally going, should we hide this plan? In fact, this is what it says, Genesis 18 verse 17. Should I hide my plan from Abraham? The Lord asked. For Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation. Now, here's the interesting part. Abraham was not yet a great and mighty nation. At that point, wait a minute, he did not even have a son, right? He did not even, he, he, I mean, I think Isaac was just born, actually. Sorry, I think Isaac was just born, but it's sort of like, he not, it's, it's just one son, not a great nation. He will certainly become a great nation, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. Isn't that interesting? God is having a committee meeting in heaven saying, We've got to share this to Abraham. Abraham's like insecure, still the son of a pagan worshiping dad. And God's like, we've got to share this with Abraham. Why? Not because of where he's right now, but because of where he's going. See, let me tell you, when you understand the boldness in which you can worship God, the boldness in which you can enter into his presence, God will share secrets with you that you could not even think of. And here's the thing, some of you will come across data 
because of the greatness that God has put in you. Wow, that's a message in itself. So many times, you, I've experienced this. I, I remember as a young person, I would be in church life and I would see something happen. Some of these things were beyond my pay grade, if I could use that word. And I'd be like, and there were moments where I could pray or there were moments where I could gossip. There were moments where I could, I could pray for breakthrough or there were moments where I could become bitter. There were moments where I, would, I could stop what I was doing or there were moments where I could lean in a bit more. Some of you are at a standstop. Some of you have come to a neutral place. Some of you have hit the pause button in your walk with God, in your calling, in your ministry, because you've come across data that you probably thought you should not have accessed. But let me tell you, the reason why you experienced that data was not because of your smartness, but it's because of the greatness God has put within you. I want to encourage you right now. I want to tell you right now, you are not cursed. You are not cursed. I want to share one more scripture with you. Now, I'm going to say this as I'm going. I'll go as far as to say, you are not cursed. Listen to me. This is the most important part. You are not cursed because God can't curse his children. See, when I had my, my heavenly encounter, I remember it was a Thursday morning after that. I was sitting on the couch, still weeping. And all these downloads are springing forth in me, right? And it was literally like the Holy Spirit said to me, Alvin, I know this is too much for you to handle. So I want you to go and read this specific portion of the Bible to read these words. You know, we have this, so I want to I break this. We have this thinking that Adam was cursed. Do you know that Adam was never cursed? So what, what do I mean by that? Adam, the first man, God's creation, God's system, don't eat of this tree, completely disobeyed God, completely dishonored God. And we have this understanding that, oh, the fall of man, we call it the fall of man, uh, the curse of man. But I want to read to you from Genesis chapter 3, verse 17, the last part of that, of that when God enters the garden, God's entered the garden, he's furious, he's frustrated. He is absolutely enamored. He's like, what just happened? And he's going around. He's cursing the snake. He's cursing this. He's cursing that. And literally, it was almost like when God's hand was pointing, cursed, 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 pointing to man. And it was almost like, I can't do that. He points, literally, he points to the ground. Look, look what it says in Genesis chapter 3, verse 17. The ground is cursed because of you. The ground is cursed because of you. God, it was almost like God was furious. We pointed, no, that's my child. That's my daughter. That's my princess. The ground. I love you so much that I will curse the ground that you're on, but I refuse to curse you. See, my daughter, Elise, she's six and a half years old. We punish her. We discipline her. But no father who truly loves their child can curse them. And I want you to understand this. So what do we do with this? What can you do? And this is what the enemy has done. The enemy has convinced us to buy into the narrative that we are cursed. And you know why he's done that? Because he can paralyze us. See, if you think you're cursed, you're like, oh, well, I guess I can't do anything. So you're like, what, what, what do I do with this truth? Now, I've just shared this load of truth with you. What do you what do? You do? You, so there are some of you watching 
you were called to be in ministry and for whatever reason, maybe it was a lack of faith, maybe it was a fear of stepping out, fear of failure, and you're like, it's been 25 years, I don't know what to do. Well, I want to say right now, that's okay. Pick yourself up, step into the next. Pick yourself up, step into the blessing. Some of you have this regret. You're like, Jesus told me to do that and I didn't do it and I'm going to live under that shadow all the days of your life. I'm going to break that right now and say, no, you can still live the best life, the blessed life that God's called you to live. Some of you are like, I, I should have done this and maybe some of you, I'm going to go here, you feel you're on a curse because you married the wrong person. Now, obviously, relationships are significant. Relationships are important. But let me tell you, God, Jesus loves you so much that He can work a miracle even in that relationship, even in that marriage. Don't believe the lie. Don't this is what the devil does. Oh, I missed out. I messed up. Ah, uh, just, just that one thing. You're, it's not that one thing. Let me tell you, when God put His hand on you, He put His hand on everything, on everything. So wake up, stand up. Rise up. Do what you've been called to do. It might have been 30 years. You should have done it 35 years ago. It does not matter. And maybe that train's moved on. But let me tell you, a new train's coming to the station. A new train is coming to the station. Just go to the station. Step out in faith. Step out in belief. And see what heaven will do. Because this is what the enemy has done. Because there is, or there are rather, a group of people that are cursed. You know who they are? People that don't believe in Jesus. See, the reason why the curse cannot touch us is because of our faith in Jesus. But when you do not trust Jesus, when you do not have a, your faith in Jesus, you do come under a curse. So this is what the enemy has done. He's been really smart. The world thinks they're not cursed, but they are cursed. And the church thinks they're cursed, but they're not cursed. Are you tracking with me? The world thinks they're not cursed, but they're actually under a curse. The church thinks they're cursed, but they're actually not cursed. So the church never rises up to a place of prominence and blessing to help the cursed people come into the category of being blessed. And this has caused what I call global paralysis. And I just want to speak right now and say to you, you are not cursed. You're blessed. You're called. You're fully received. Now, if there's sin in your life, if there's things you need to clear up, that's all right. Get rid of it. Don't stay there anymore. Step out of it right now. Say, Jesus, I repent. Jesus, I turn away. Jesus, set me free from this right now. Just step into what God has for you. Let me tell you, He can set you free. He can set you free. I want to pray with you right now. Father, I pray for each and every person that's part of this video. Lord, I pray right now. Let them feel the accepting hand of God. Let them feel the love of God. Let them feel that which I saw, Lord, what I saw in heaven, what I experienced with you was so tender, was so precious, was so dear. Lord, I pray that every person that comes in contact with this video would see, would sense at least a fragment of it, a, 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 a percentage of it, or even all of it, Lord. I just pray right now that people would know that you're proud of them. People would know that you believe in them. People would know that you're waiting eagerly for your church, for your children to rise up. And I thank you, God, for taking on my curse, for taking on our curse so that we can be truly blessed. We give you all the glory. In your name we pray. Amen. Please write to us. We've been receiving so many prayer requests from people and 
We just want to want you to know everyone that's coming our way. We're praying. We're replying to a lot of those via email. But we just want you to know, step out. Take that, take that step of faith and know that you're blessed, that God's hand is on you. God bless you. We love you.